Hunting Overtime is here to assist you with the knowledge and skills to help you be successful in the field. Established with the listener in mind, this podcast is dedicated to providing as much helpful information as possible to help you achieve your outdoor goals. From whitetail to elk and everything in between, I'm here to provide my insights and give you the ability to try them in the field. I'm your host, Brian Shoning. And this is Hunting Overtime. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Hunting Overtime. I think we're looking at episode 15 or 16. I'm not 100% sure, but you're the ones listening in, so you do know. Um, What we got here today is we have Tyler with us. He's out here visiting for the weekend, and so we've been hanging out, and we're just going to roll this podcast out to you. We have no actual script or anything we specifically want to talk about. I We talked about a few things. I told him to write down some things that he wanted to chat about. So we're just going to be here with you and hang out and talk and have you listen, listen in. Thanks for listening again. If you have any ideas for for me, uh, shoot me an email. That's huntingovertime.com or sorry, I don't even know my own email. Huntingovertime at gmail.com and uh, make sure you subscribe to us and if you give, us, give me some feedback here. We really appreciate that. Also hit up hit us up Tyler and I on the Seasons Media that's on Instagram and YouTube. So we're gonna roll in. Tyler, how's it going? Not too bad. I hope everyone's doing well today, and I hope everyone's getting ready to get out there this season. Get your bows ready. Get your guns ready. Whatever you need to do. We crushed that workout this morning. Yeah, we did. That was a rough. <laughs> Tyler does home workouts, so. Um, he hasn't been used to really being under a bar or anything like that. Was that a big difference? Yeah. Um, I do, like, high reps of just dumbbell stuff. So actually being able to get under a bar today was quite a bit different and kind of tested my legs a little bit more. You going to be sore tomorrow? Very. <laughs> I think I'm going to be sore tomorrow. It's just something about working out with somebody else. I think it pushes you a little bit harder. Yeah, I agree. We did a pretty solid superset today, so. Yeah, that was rough. We did, we started with dead bugs, squat, and pause bench, and at the end of that, my legs were jello and my shoulders were hurting, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so we hit her pretty good this morning. We did some legs, we did some uh, chest stuff, some core, we did some back and abs, but we got it pretty good, so. We got lots of family in town this weekend. Uh, It was actually my daughter's birthday party, and so Tyler came out, and yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, I'm glad I could make it. It's always nice to be able to come out here and hang out with some family and celebrate someone's birthday. Heck yeah. What are you doing this season? Fall. So initially, I think what I'll do is I'm going to hit up some antelope hunting, Western Nebraska antelope hunting, Labor Day weekend. I kind of have... Have some beef to settle with the antelope out here. <laughs> they kind of got your number last year. Yeah, and pretty much every year before and that. And every so. year before that. So, short background here. Tyler and I have never actually killed an antelope with our bow. Um, I know you've shot at one once. I Oh, yeah. When you were younger. I did shoot at one, and that was back when I had my old, uh, old Parker, and I didn't have a 50-yard pin. So, I... Uh, antelope at 50 yards held 
held high shot right between his legs. It was kind of a cool situation because I had just watched, I just watched it fight another buck and get pushed off by another buck. And my dad and I were sitting in a little um, saddle, and the antelope just ran right 50 yards in front of us and stopped. And I let one fly and didn't make it happen. 50 yards this season, that antelope's probably in trouble. Oh, geez, 50 yards since then, his dad and Will were yeah. in trouble. 50 yards shouldn't be a problem anymore. He was pretty young, high school probably, right, mm-hmm. when that happened. So that's been a while. He's zoned in a little bit more. What, uh, you said that was a Parker bow? Yeah. What are you shooting for a setup this year? So this year I am I'm shooting the same thing I've been shooting. I'll shoot my uh, 2014 Prime Rival, and I've got that set at like 60, not 65, 75 pounds, and I'm looking at maybe bumping it up just a couple pounds. We'll see what my arrow turns out to be for speed, but I did switch up my arrow this year. I'm going to be shooting a gold tip Pierce Tour, and I'm going to be shooting 120 grains up front with a uh, uh, pin knock in the back, and I'm actually going to switch to a three-fletch three heat vein with a wrap just because I'm shooting a lower profile broadhead this year. I, I got some, they're called thorn broadheads. Basically, there's no profile to them. They're about as sleek as a field tip and it's kind of a plunger style broadhead. So that'll be kind of different. It's got a chisel tip with a plunger and the plunger push, pushes the blades out and you still get your two, two inch, two and a half inch cut. It's just a sleeker profile. Are those, when I was looking at those, when you posted them, because um, I haven't looked into those much, but they're a longer broadhead, right? Like yeah. they stick out further out front. Yeah, they'll be they'll be longer, but I think you'll have enough of the, the weight distribution where you're not really getting much, you're not going to be much different than my standard glue-in 120 grain field tips. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I was looking for on those is they are glue-in. So I... I don't have to worry about an insert. I just have to use my glue, stick them in, and if I want to take them out, heat them up a little bit and pull them out. And I think that'll be really nice for these micro diameter arrows. So I don't, I didn't really want to run the the collar over the front like you see on a lot of these. So I figured this was a good solution, but we'll see. I opened them last week, weighed them, and I wasn't I wasn't real impressed with the weight. What do you mean? So they're, they're 120 grain broadheads, or they sell them as 120 grains, and they all weighed 116. So that was kind of crummy, but... They were consistent, though? They were consistent at 116. So what I did was I actually found... They, they're threaded in the back for, like, the gold tip fact weight. Yeah. So I actually found some uh, step screws, some 540 by eighth inch step screws, threw some red Loctite on them and threaded them in the back there and got them up to 119, 120. Okay, so you just kind of rigged up your own little yeah. alteration there? And I think what they must have been doing is they have these practice clips so you can put this clip between the plunger and the ferrule of the broadhead so the plunger doesn't go back as you go uh, shoot it into a target so you can practice with them. I bet they're selling them at the weight with that with practice that. clip. In, gotcha. Personally, that's not what I would do. But that's how they're doing it, and I bet, I'm pretty sure that's probably how they're doing it. I haven't weighed them to check, but... And you're thinking four grains, you're pretty worried about four grains? 
you're at 116 to 120. I mean, if you know if you know Tyler at all, Tyler's a little bit what I would call anal about things. So if he wants something at, at sorry, I said 420. If you if he wants something at 120, the kid's gonna make make it to 120. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Because I, well, another thing I had kind of against me here is I did order some from some a new dozen of arrows, new set of dozen arrows from Gold Tip and. Um, not, not complaining. I've never had any issues with gold tip, and it's really not that big of a deal. But I sent in my weight code, and they sent me a five grain different weight code, which, once again, not a big deal. Um, I'm still happy with the arrows. I still love the arrows. It's just each shaft weighs five grains less than my other shaft to start with. So I was a little bit concerned about my accessory weights to see if I could kind of get them into the same ballpark. And after playing around with the broadheads and kind of sorting components, I was able to get all my shafts within 2.2 grains of each other, which is significantly better than what they were. Um, if I if I have a dozen arrows that weighs the same, like in the same weight code, I can generally get them to the tenth of a grain yeah. within each other. So I'll probably do some testing because some of the arrows, I had to put a lot of vein weight on them versus the other arrows, so I'll probably do some testing just to see how they fly with more vein weight on the back versus less vein weight on the back. Are you an FOC guy? No. I Me think. neither. Me neither. I don't think it I don't think it makes enough of a difference for me to worry about. So I think where FOC really plays a role, FOC heavy arrows, I think it plays a role in those guys who aren't shooting 70 pounds and aren't at their 30 inch draw i don't i don't think that uh us for what we're shooting i don't yeah. think foc is gonna make really any of a di any difference yeah. or you're at you're at a 30 inch draw right yeah and you're pulling 75 pounds right now and yeah. that's so i'm at 31 inch draw and i'm probably pulling I'm, i bet i'm at i was at 73 and i bumped it up just a hair just to get things tuned so i bet i'm at 74 and there's just not you're gonna you're shooting so flat at that point that yeah I mean I was I was shooting a 427 grain arrow at 311 feet per second yeah and I'm betting I'm gonna shoot this 450 grain arrow at roughly 300 feet per second yeah. so it's I think when we ran mine through a chrono we're at 298 yeah which I have a and then I bumped it up so yeah and my my bow IBO is faster than Brian's synergy just yeah. this is one of the the rival's one of the faster. Bows Which is crazy because it is older. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of blows my mind that yours is faster just because the age, but that's just how it was designed, I guess. Yeah. So are you, you, you said you're going antelope hunting first. Is that what you're most excited about? Are you ready to get into whitetail hunting? What are you thinking? I'm most excited for the fall. Most excited for the fall. I, I think I do have a pretty solid grudge with antelope. Just because of that grudge match? Yeah, exactly. I, how many times, do you remember, we've talked about it on uh, our Instagram and YouTube and stuff, but how many times do you remember, did the antelope beat you last year? I think I went 0 for 13. <laughs> okay. That one time when we stalked through the cornfield, though, that was close. That was very close. How We were within 60 we, yards oh, we easy. Were 60 yards, and the only issue there was we were back too deep in the corn to where I couldn't. There was too much in front of us, too many rows of corn in front of us to where you couldn't have shot through the, the stalks. Would you have felt confident being closer, though, or do you think we'd have got busted sooner? 
Um, I think there is some stuff we probably could have done different. One, we probably could have tried to kind of work our way out to the edge, but I think we also probably could have crawled more, stayed lower to the ground better. If like a couple rows closer to him and then crawled instead yeah. of walking so much. Yeah. I agree. I agree. If you all want to check that out, that's on our YouTube channel too, one of the archery antelope videos. I don't remember the exact name, but you can see that whole stalk as we, it's not a very common thing. I don't think stalking antelope through a cornfield. So it's kind of a, kind of a cool one. Um, and you said you're doing that out here, Western Nebraska. Yep. Whitetail hunting. I know you've done some, we have some private land that we can hunt. Um, you've turkey hunted a lot of the public land. What is your plan? Archery antelope gets over. You don't have a rifle tag, right? If I remember that right, neither of us drew an archery or a rifle antelope tag. So around here, guys, it takes us, we get one every fourth year now. We draw a, a rifle antelope tag. So neither of us drew this year. Um, to be honest with you, I don't remember who drew. Did it'd, our uncle draw? It'd be our cousin and our uncle. Okay. Our cousin and our uncle both drew. Um, so you might come out for one of those hunts, possibly. I could see you coming out for one of those if you had a mm -hmm. chance. You got you got a lot going on come that time of year. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to squeeze as much hunting as I can in October. Not October. Definitely not October. In <laughs> September. Tyler's getting married early October, so yeah, he's got a lot going on this fall. I think... If it does happen for me anytime in October, it might be later October, but we'll see. I'm not going to, I want to be out there, but I'm also not going to push too hard because I also want to get married, so. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. You got some commitments this year for sure. Um, so anyways, what I was getting at is deer season. Do you have other spots that you're going to try to hunt, public land, or are you going to try to stick to our small track that we have? Um, I think if I get like a day on like a weekend we're home where I can sneak out for an afternoon, I'll probably take my saddle set up and go explore some of the public land. I really, no reason not to. And yeah. Don't really know anything about it deer wise, right? No. Any of that stuff around you, but I mean, it's, you're getting out there, you're hunting and maybe it's a scenario you go smack a doe or something like that. Yeah. And I... I make a pretty good point during turkey season, kind of using that as like a spring style scouting, yeah. just learning learning the lay of the land in there, and yep. kind of taking notes and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I have a pretty good idea where I would sit. It's just a matter of finding time and making it making it happen, getting in there. And, yep. and the nice thing about if you can get it before that rifle season opens up, that I mean, obviously, you're gonna on those public lands. You're gonna be more pressured once that rifle season opens. So you you have to get in there before rifle season. Otherwise, it's just gonna be a zoo. Oh yeah, I because we're blessed with the opportunity to hunt private land during rifle season. I don't want to set foot on public land yeah. in Nebraska during rifle yeah. season. Yeah, but even afterwards, I think that those deer have been hit so hard and pressured so hard during rifle season. Like you, you come late November into December, those public land tracks are going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. And you're also getting, getting in a muzzleloader season there towards the end yeah, too. For sure. I'm pretty excited. I got to get, I think next weekend I'm going to be able to get my cameras out. 
up north there and see what we can figure out. I, last year I had them out already, and I got lots of in, good intel, but hopefully, I'm thinking next weekend I'll be able to run up and get those cameras out and get something going. I don't know when I'll be able to hunt that for sure. I'm going to Wyoming that Labor Day weekend. Yeah. That you'll be out here antelope hunting, so I'll be in Wyoming doing that. I know I've talked about that. We're going back country. I'm starting to get things prepared for that. We'll be three nights back there, so that's going to be fun. I'm excited for that. Um, how about this new camera? Have you used that much? Yeah, and I most well, we shot a lot of our total archery challenge videos with it, and I yeah. I loved it. It's a lot like one that we used Labor Day weekend last year. You used. I used. Yeah. So it, I knew, I already knew it was going to work well. And the fact that it's got the 4K video and now I'm able to edit in 4K and post in 4K and stuff. So I think the video quality is going to improve on that side of it. So it's just looking at the videos that we've produced with it already. It's, it's a very big difference. Mm -hmm. So we, we bought a new camera. We got a, a Sony this time. Our last one was a Canon. And nothing against the brand. This We just went with a Sony. It was a nicer camera. It was a higher quality camera than what we were already in. I'm sure Canon makes one too. This is just one that we chose. Um, and I think we really love it. But it's going to be really nice this year. We'll have two cameras. Um, so in the past, we only had one camera. And Tyler doesn't live in the same town as I do. So we've had to swap video cameras back and forth and try to figure out who's hunting when and figure out how to get the camera to them. And it, it was just kind of a mess. So having two cameras this year, we're still going to try to swap cameras. I think we haven't talked about it, but I'd like whoever we think is going on the quote unquote cooler hunt or um, most popular hunt or however you want to word it, mm -hmm. things that we think would get the most views from our viewers or that our viewers would like the most is we're going to try to have them have that higher quality camera. Um, so we're still going to try to do that swapping. But at least when, for say, I don't have the highest quality camera, at least I'm still going to have one. And we can still make a good quality video. It's just not going to be in that 4K. It's going to be in that 1080. Yeah, yeah. that's not saying that our old camera wasn't good quality. No, just... for sure. No, our old camera is great for us. Yeah. Yeah. We did get on the new one, we got a Rode mic that connects to the camera so it doesn't have its own battery it pulls battery from the video camera and you haven't got to use that yet I love it for the ease it's super easy all you do is turn the camera on and go on our other one you had to make sure the mic was on so what we ended up doing is just leaving the mic on at all times and it actually it uh, didn't really drain battery when you weren't recording anyway so like that 12 volt battery lasted a long time anyway so it wasn't as big of a factor but this one's a little more condensed it's much smaller which is really nice have you even seen it with the no I haven't. mic on one second let me grab that i think a lot of what we were running into with the bigger road mic last year is you would see the um the wind cover off the standard road mic kind of droop down into the, the frame of the camera so that's where this, this smaller mic is going to be real nice for this camera. And this one is is hot shoot to the top of the camera versus us having to have the um, 
horseshoe mount. Yeah, so on the other camera, we had to have a horseshoe mount. This one, like he said, hot shoes right to the camera, right on top, which is super nice. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that, that's just... Big fan of that. It, look, it sure does kind of look funny on top there, but <laughs> yeah. But look how much smaller and condensed just the whole thing looks. Yeah. Because the video camera is really not any smaller than the last one we had. I would say it's probably a little shorter. Yeah, it's heavier. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's just so the whole thing's just so much more condensed that mm -hmm. it's just really nice. Yeah. That mic grips in there pretty good. It's not ever going to fall out. No. I think it was definitely worth the purchase. And I don't even know if they make that mic anymore. If Rode makes the mic anymore that we have on the other one. Yeah, I'm not for sure either. I bet if you had to, you could probably find it on Amazon. But You can find everything on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon has about everything. You know, I agree with you. How you doing there? I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure out. It must supposed to be clipped into the... Yeah, I think so. Yep. But no, it's really nice. The quality is really nice out of it. Um, but yeah, it just plugs in. Yeah. And we even... Right there on the side. And it's powered. We even end up getting a new tripod with that. That we actually really like. Yeah, what is that brand? I forget. It's a Neewer. N-E-E-W-E-R. It's a tripod monopod. Um, the, some guys on the Fall podcast actually recommended it. And I don't... Know if you guys know who the Fall Podcast is, but that's uh, I can't remember his name. Aaron Blasey, I think, was his name. He's a cameraman for uh, Chris and Casey Kiefer, who do like Drop Project Alaska. Well, Drop Period. Just drop Period. <laughs> they have like seven seasons of Drop, and then like Rival Wild and a whole bunch of other stuff. And um, this tripod is actually a tripod monopod combo. So one of the legs screws out and can be turned into a monopod and carbon fiber and just sturdy. yeah it's really nice we used that attack and it was really nice we love that thing with our 30 dollar fluid head on top. 30 dollar fluid head you know and it's we decided to put most of our money into the camera i know you hear guys talk don't skimp on the other things um we did do some research. Tyler mostly did some research. He had another tripod ordered, and it came in, and he didn't like it, so he sent it back. So it's not like we're just buying the cheapest of the cheap, but we're trying to get the best product for the money that we spend. So, um, yeah, those, that fluid head, though, it's a game changer, too. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, like, it's $30, but it's significantly better than the, like, pan head that we had on yeah. our standard tripods with we were just talking this morning actually after our workout we need to get some more camera batteries because that's the only disadvantage to this um mic that pulls the power out of the camera battery is it does drain your camera battery quite, quite a bit so we will probably have to be changing the camera battery quite often and one thing i worry about like you get like if i take it in the back country or whatever elk hunting I'm going to need a USB charger because we're going to go through some batteries. So mm -hmm. just something we talked about. We'll have to get set up. and, But, yeah. Speaking of this camera, looks like Brian got it fixed. Someone broke it. I did. So the first day we ever used this, 
This is why this is why we can't have nice things. Tyler, give nice things to Tyler, and he breaks it right away. He dropped it the very first day that we used it out in the outdoors. I think you used it some at home, maybe. Yeah. But the first time we take it outdoors, the kid drops it. I had I was running the camera by myself, which is a feat in itself at those archery challenge. Yeah, that's rough. Especially when you're shooting with people that you you don't really know and hate to be the one holding up the group so you kind of did a little flustered set the camera <laughs> flustered and rushed <laughs> yeah working the camera and had it sitting on the side of a hill and it didn't want to sit on the side of the hill it wanted to lay down so it went ahead well if you'd down. have had this nice new newer tripod you could just drop that leg out but weird you had that i had that you had the old pod oh did i you had the old one okay yeah yeah, you had the new tripod mm -hmm. because I had it shipped to your house yeah. so we could use it at Total Archery Challenge because yep. we weren't sure. Yeah, no, you had the old tripod. Yep. So I tipped the camera over and it was connected to the fluid head and it just kind of ripped the base out a little bit. And Brian yeah, like pop to... pop the bottom out. Yeah, Brian, I... Brian was able to perform surgery on it and yeah. get it all fixed up. I'm like a doctor. They, uh, it wasn't too bad. I removed like four... Actually, I think it was five screws, five little screws, and just, well, I don't think they recommend it, but I just took a small flathead screwdriver and started prying. Yeah, don't tell Sony. <laughs> just popped it back in, so don't report that to anybody To anybody for us. Uh, we might have to, if we ever have to file a warranty claim, I think that might possibly void it. But, but yeah, love that thing. Um, what else I got? We had talked about deer hunting uh, middle to end of September the 18th you and I had talked about that yeah we had oh yeah when was that when did we talk about that a few weeks ago hmm. I told you I would be up there because Cassandra's going to a friend's oh yeah party and what weekend was that the 18th yeah I'm not sure I've actually almost considered one of my other friends. I remember that now. It's, it's in the calendar, no worries. Yeah. One, one of my other friends, Joe, is just kind of getting into archery. And he looked at uh, out-of-state tags, because he'll be back there too. It's his fiance. He looked at out-of-state tags for Nebraska, and they were kind of expensive. So I, I was kind of maybe looking at doing a South Dakota public land hunt. Okay. Because he's a resident of South Dakota right uh -huh. now. So. And then you would just go hunt with him and film him, or you would buy a tag? I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't mind going up there with a tag. And if you were up there, one of us at least have a tag. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm open to really anything. I just mostly like to hunt. Yeah. So, yeah. And I kind of have, I would say I have a little bit of a grudge with South Dakota, too, because I got my butt kicked up there. Yeah, you had some interesting run-ins, so you had some struggles. You found some private good private land to hunt on and kind of got pushed off it and that whole thing was kind of yeah a messy yeah. shenanigan type ended up on a piece of private land where the guy doesn't normally let people hunt and his neighbors are actually big hunters so they all saw i was on there hunting and they got kind of worked up about it and i was the night i was there i was just kind of sitting back and just watching stuff and I end up having a neighbor shake my ground blind while I'm sitting in it. <laughs> just rolled up. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't too thrilled about me being on the property, so I ended up getting 
kicked off of that one because the neighbors threw a fit about that guy letting me hunt. Which is... Unfortunately. A little bit ridiculous, if you ask me. I mean, you had permission. It wasn't their land. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, technically, they were trespassing. Yeah. And then your landowner basically didn't want to cause a scruff with his neighbors and mm-hmm. said it might be best if you didn't hunt. Yeah. Which stinks, because I think you had said you thought that was going to be a pretty good place for you. I think the way the neighbor was worked up, I would imagine it was probably <laughs> there must have, There must have been some good deer if the neighbor got that worked up about it. But What else you got? What do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, we had talked about ways we could get more content to you guys. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that this morning. So I don't know. One thing Tyler brought up is, and it sounds kind of interesting, obviously. So we both work full-time, so it's a little bit of a challenge here for us. Sorry, i got to fix that mic there. It's a little bit of a challenge just being able to get everything edited or videoed first and then edited and dished out Um, just because we do both work full-time you got your wedding planning going on right now. I got two kids. We got, we just got a whole mess of stuff going on. Both our, our my wife and your fiance, they both work full time, and mm-hmm. so you get home at night and you just got stuff going on. And yeah, and you really want to spend, I mean, family time in the evenings. For sure, that's like that's I used to coach a lot, and that was why I got out of that. Is just family time, not being able to be with my family and just taking away. It seemed like I was coming home and my mind wouldn't be there and I was just doing things halfway and Mm -hmm. so I ditched that and committed myself a little bit more to being a better dad and husband and so you don't want to give up those nights and which is why we get up at four o'clock in the morning every day (laughs) yeah that that's our time to get done what we want to get done so yeah so I have about and I'm sure yours is pretty close to the same I have about from you probably might actually have a little bit more time than I do, but you got other class stuff going on. But I have from my alarm goes off at three fifty. I have until about six a.m. to get my workout in and then crush out whatever else I can get done. Mm-hmm. And then at six a.m., my wife's up. She's getting ready for work. The kids are awake by then. They don't sleep in, and I got to get myself ready for work. And yeah, and then it's go time. Yeah. So by the time I get done with my workout, I got about a half hour usually. I'm home ready to go at about five thirty, and I can cr- I crush stuff out for about a half hour. Mm-hmm. That's where I think really the only difference in mine is I don't have the kids to take care of in the morning, so I can normally get about maybe a half hour longer. I can yeah generally get maybe an hour of work or homework or whatever done in the morning, and then squeeze in thirty to forty minutes minutes at lunchtime when I come home. Yeah. And that's, I'm a teacher, so I don't get that 30 to 40 minutes at lunchtime. So, but that, that also good. I mean, like we said earlier, we don't, we don't want that to cut into our family time. So no, that's, that's what we try to get. That's when we try to get our stuff done. So we don't have to have it cut into right. spending time with our family. So we, we do, obviously what we do is outdoor stuff and we love it and we love being out there. Um, I talked in the last podcast, the most important part about the outdoors to us is doing it with family and friends. So how does, how do you find that balance between 
what we do with the Seasons Media and your home slash family life. I, I mean, I think we just talked about it there where we have our time, so to speak, before work and yeah. that, and then we make sure we're there and we're present in the evenings with our with our families and yeah. my fiance. So and that I know for a fact it drives my wife nuts how my brain works with hunting and outdoors just because it and I can't help it. Every I relate so many things back to it. Uh, that's just how my mind functions. If we she gives me a hard time, we go for a walk. I put my pack on. we'll do a two and a half mile loop walk with just the family and I'll wear my pack and she'll tell me how ridiculous I look walking through town with my pack on but that's just you know it's it's killing two birds with one stone I guess you're enjoying that time with your family going on the walk and you're preparing yourself for the for the hunting season but that's just I know it overwhelms her some and so I try my hardest to not bring that stuff into everything, but it's difficult because it's just kind of, like I talked on the last podcast, it's how we were raised, it's how our minds are molded, and yeah. that's just what we think about. And we we would not be able to do any of this without their support. Oh my goodness. Know? If you had, maybe some of you do, it'd be difficult to uh, have someone who's completely against hunting that you're married to or with or whatever um that'd be tough i don't know if i could handle it i i drive myself crazy i think there'd be lots of disagreements and yeah if it just wouldn't be healthy if it's a fight to do everything you want to do that's that's tough and we have luckily we have pretty good families that support us here and yeah encourage us to do more and a lot of the time with the seasons and try to get it rolling so yeah yeah and we're I mean, we're rolling. We got, I don't even remember what we have for subscribers now. It's over 1,200. Yeah, I normally just say 1,200 because I don't check it that 1,200 and some change. So we would love your support on that. Uh, head over to the Seasons Media on YouTube. Little plug here, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and just hit subscribe to that. Watch some of our videos. We try our hardest to put out different content than other people and one of the things I talked about in the last podcast that we try to focus on is just the importance and you're not going to see very many videos without family members in it mm-hmm. yeah whether um, that be each other or dad yeah a lot of times it's you and I like you said dad or mm-hmm. that's majority of it and then I mean your daughter and your son will start joining us and yeah yep. um we got some friends that are on there occasionally. We do. Yeah. It's just important to us to have family and friends. That's yeah. And it's fun to go out solo. Don't get me wrong. I talked about that on the last podcast as well. It's fun to go out solo, but it's more fun to do it with somebody. Yep. Yeah. And I've been I've been really working on trying to introduce Cassandra to all that stuff just because it's she's interested in it. She wants yeah. to go do it. It's just a matter of finding time and getting her out there yeah and you want to make sure that's one thing like having zella out there you cassandra's kind of the same obviously not age-wise but just never done it Mm -hmm. and wanting to go out there and make sure they enjoy it and have a good time not taking them out if they've never done it when it's uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. you know you want to go out there and you want to have a good time you want to have a good experience you don't want to ruin it for them yeah exactly that's where i last year i was trying to get her out and she really didn't have 
any of her own gear, so to speak. So yeah. she was always wearing like hand-me-down clothes, clothes that didn't really fit her. So this year, well, during turkey season, I made sure to get her some stuff that was for her, that's hers, that that she wears, that fits her, that we bought specifically for her. So yeah. she doesn't feel like she's just piecing together other people's clothes to go out with us, and she's actually comfortable and likes what she's wearing. Yeah. So I got a question. You think she'd come on a podcast and tell me what she likes and what she doesn't like about the fall? I don't know. Or do you, do you don't think she'd be open to that? I'm not sure. We would have to ask her. I'd be, I'd be interested to know. I, I want to ask my wife, but I don't want to ask her off the air because I don't want to hear the answer. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to make a deal with her that once we talk about it on air, that's the end of the conversation. We, we might have to do a little swap where I, I talk to Brooke and you talk to That Sandra. might be a good idea. Because I don't know if either of us should sit across from them and let's yeah. know what they have to we'll say. We'll have to promise we don't take it personally. Yeah, it might hurt. I'm sure it will. <laughs> but, you know, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'd be a fun one. Um, and honestly, it'd probably be good for us to hear. Or just have, have those two sit around and talk. Yeah. Yeah. Let them take over the podcast for a round. Well, then I'd have to edit it. <laughs> it would be like something like they'd be talking and they'd say, yeah, I really, and then it'd beep out and it'd be like, hey, the f or sorry, it, that's what they would say. It'd be like, yeah, I really, and then I'd blurt in, love, the fall, and I'd have to just edit some of those words, but yeah, no, I think that'd be interesting. I think it'd be honestly good for us. Unfortunately... Yeah, I think it humble us a little bit. What are you? You got any new gear for this year besides our camera setup? Mm. You started a saddle last year, yeah. So that was a new experience for you. But as far as other gear, are you pretty much running not bow related, just like in yeah. general? Really, the only thing new right now that I'm running, I'm kind of trying to limit it to that. Is I just. I got a new attachment for my Mystery Ranch um, Guide Light MT frame. I got their uh, load sling. That's really it. Um, I'll probably get a, a recliner for my saddle. And I'm just trying to... I don't necessarily need anything. It's more of a matter of want right yeah. now. And like I said earlier, I also want to get married. So I need to <laughs> save my money, yeah. money for that. And, and that weddings, they cost money. Definitely. So, I probably, I mean, and also arrows are expensive, so that kind of arrows in. are expensive. That yeah. cuts in. That cuts into a lot of my yeah. spending for this year. But I needed more arrows after the archery challenge. So, yep. I had five left out of the dozen. <laughs> yep. We uh, obviously broke some arrows. I think. I think that's kind of a goal of theirs. I was listening to the Knock On podcast the other day, and it was with Sean DeGray of total archery challenge and he was talking about how there was someone who made a comment about uh you should put bigfoot at 130 yards and then the next total archery challenge he had a comment that said this course i broke a bunch of arrows it might be a little bit too hard and basically he said uh goal achieved then yeah <laughs> like if you broke arrows good that's Let's make it tough. I'll bring an arrow vendor in. Right? Yeah, that's what he said. I'll bring an arrow vendor in. Here we go, Easton. He, he's a problem solver, I think, is what that podcast ended up turning yeah. into. Is he's, a, he's a problem solver. Okay. 
You think we should put Bigfoot at 130? Okay, let's do it. Okay, you broke arrows? Let's solve that problem. Let's bring an arrow vendor in. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah. What else? I'm trying to think. We'll get into the waterfowl here this winter, mm -hmm. but we definitely get through antelope and uh, deer season first. I still need to get in contact with that guy that it talked to me about mule deer hunting. Yeah. I need to get in contact with him and touch base there and see if that's something we're going to go through with. Um, it'd be really nice to have some land to mule deer hunt here in Nebraska, but I kind of have an advantage with the antelope, and I plan to, I plan to take advantage of that. Um, basically, I live out here where the antelope are, and I'll just be able to, I'd like to, do a handful of just after work, take off and go hunt, or you're home on a weekend, go for a day, and things like that. I don't necessarily have to, like you do, have to plan for weekends to come out here. I just kind of have it at my fingertips, which is kind of nice with the antelope thing. Yeah. But they're tricky. The antelope are tough. Uh, you can do lots of stalking and fail a lot. And Yeah. Oh, another. I think I'm going to try to get into an antelope this year we'll see I have a guy and I'll tell you his name after the podcast and you might not already know about it has a full suit mm -hmm. and used an antelope an old antelope mount hmm. and took it apart and just made a whole body antelope suit yeah and they kill goats every single year with it yeah and close like how could you not like at that point you are an antelope yeah exactly so, and during archery season, you don't have to worry about dressing up like an antelope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's going to shoot you with a rifle. At, well, I'm not going to guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. But your odds are better that nobody's going to shoot you with a rifle. You do get your poachers, which that's a whole other topic, but you're pretty safe with dressing up or wearing an antelope hat. or So you're, gonna, you're thinking about buying one yeah. instead of making one. Yeah. I'm not tearing my antelope mountain apart, I can tell you that oh, no. much. <laughs> I'm not touching the antelope mountain. Those, no. those cost enough money as it yep. is. I'm not going to wear it. Yep. So, looking at buying one and maybe, I don't know, see what I decide to, decide to get set up for, like, clothes and stuff. But yeah. uh, maybe get something that looks kind of like an antelope. At least that color, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But another problem with that is they do cost money, so. Money, money, money. Everything costs money. You can get into anything for money. Yep. What else? You got anything else written down? I'm going to be honest. I actually didn't write anything down. Wow. You sent me that note, and I didn't really know how to, um, I don't know, read everything that you had on there, and I wasn't actually sure what we were going to talk about. So Yeah, well, I didn't really have a script. I just actually, 10 minutes before you got here, jotted just a handful of things down, but I think we're mostly through that. So unless you have anything else, we'll wrap her up. Where's the well, there isn't a time on that thing. You just got to, you know, estimate it. I looked at my clock. We started about 835, 840. It's 920. Jeez. So we're doing okay on time. Yeah. But no need to sit here and him haul around. No. Get on so day, I suppose. get back and antelope archery season opens the 20th of August and then all our deer seasons open 
on the 1st of September. So we're winding in. Today is the 9th of August. So you got 11 days there, and that season will be open. To be honest with you, that before we finish up here, that early season archery antelope is actually a little bit tougher, seems like, because they aren't rutting. So you're doing more of a spot and stock, and you're not the decoying thing isn't going to work work out quite as good. But yeah, I think to have the most success, you'll want to be sitting in a water hole that early season. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Which isn't necessarily fun, but it's doable. That'd probably be the most likely way to kill one early, early. So yeah, you probably won't catch me sitting in a water hole though. Yeah, I don't know. It gets so hot. We tried yeah. that that one time. We were in shorts and. Yeah, and where we where we hunt our antelope bed, it's not like there's a whole bunch of water holes. It's just that's a good thing, though. It is a good thing. <laughs> but I kind of want to chase one around and shoot it from. Yeah, I hear you. Behind a decoy or something. I hear you. I hear you on that. So, all right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and sign off here. Um, again, make sure you head over. That's the Seasons Media. Find us on Instagram at the Seasons Media. You can find us on YouTube. Check out all those videos. Our tack videos are killing it. So you're definitely gonna want to check those out. Um, our audio isn't super good because we had to we had a messed up mic or a new mic wasn't in yet but the videos are sweet so check those out we're gonna roll out some antelope stuff here some deer stuff coming up I hope to have lots of videos we slightly mentioned a weekly vlog so we're gonna talk about that a little bit more and see if we think we can fit that in with time and just show you a little bit just small clips they probably it won't be very long if we do it um, just kind of what we roll through in a week and things like that. But we still got to talk about that. No promises there. But if you have any suggestions for this podcast, go ahead and shoot me an email. That's huntingovertime at gmail.com. Make sure you hit me up with those stars and subscribe for me. And I appreciate you all listening. And we will catch you on the next episode.